Hey everyone, thanks for downloading this week's show. We wanted to take a minute and thank the good folks at Life and Death Productions for the audio editing on this week's episode. Life and Death Productions is your number one source for the beats and instrumentals recording artists, advertisers, TV and film creators need. They have over a decade of experience and over 100 million recorded song plays online. Their website, lifeanddeathpro.com, is your go-to site to download and buy beats in a simple, quick, and reliable way. They like to keep things simple, publish high-quality and versatile beats every week, and most importantly, help their clients. If you're not happy, they're not happy. So go check them out at their website, lifeanddeathpro.com, and you can find them on Twitter at lifeanddeathpro. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Saw Something Scary. I'm your host, Derek Zhu. Alongside me, as always, is the gym to my Myron, Jeff Wright. Jeff, what's going on today, buddy? Derek, we got to pick a better run of movies pretty soon. I don't think my psychic... Uh, my psychosis? No. My psyche. WCW my, wrestler? I don't think my psyche can handle this. Yeah. This one was a rough one, man, for sure. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing uh, the 2007 Frank Darabont cinematic masterpiece known as The Mist, starring Tom Jane and a plethora of Walking Dead actors. Uh, and also going to talk to you guys about the first couple episodes of the new miniseries that's running on Spike TV right now. Uh, but before we do, um, before we get into Jeff H. trailers, I kind of wanted to go back to last week's episode. Okay. Um, not to discuss more about Batman and Robin, but wanted to... Uh, Sorry to disappoint everybody who got your hopes <laughs> up just then. <laughs> I'm sure that there's sure that there's several hundred people that tuned in for a follow-up episode on Batman and Robin. Give us more! <laughs> um, I was... I was looking at some more stuff on the Hollywood Reporter because uh, I put that link up on our Twitter and Facebook today. And I found this, the top 50 greatest superhero movie performances of all time. Okay. And I wanted to get your opinion on these. All right. So, so just tell me real quick, do any of the performances from Batman and Robin make the list? All of them. Uh, Schwarzenegger's number <coughs> one. Jeep Swinson is number two. Uh, <laughs> me and this list don't exactly see eye to eye. <laughs> This was written by Joel Schumacher. Did I not tell you that part? <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. <laughs> Make the nipples bigger. Um, so anyway, this uh, this came out in uh, this came out on May. Excuse me, March the first of this year. Okay. So it kind of coincided with Wolverine mm-hmm. with old man, old man Logan. Yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm gonna go through all fifty. Okay. Uh, feel free to fast forward to this if you want to. I completely understand, but there's several in here. That when I when I was reading the list, I was like, "Wait, what? Really?" Mm-hmm. And I, I especially want your opinion on the top ten. Okay. okay. So number fifty, Carl Urban as Judge Dredd. Okay. Forty nine, Rorschach, Jackie Earl Haley. Forty eight, Vin Diesel as Groot. Forty seven, Evie Hammond, uh, Natalie Portman, Beaver Vendetta. And there's a couple of those in there where I was like, "Okay, I see," but whatever. So uh, Gamora uh, by Zoe Sladana, Saldana. Speaking of which, did you know she was in the first Pirates of the Caribbean? No, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know anybody other than Johnny Depp and like, uh, what was the guy who played Legolas? Oh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom. And Kira Knightley. Oh, yeah, Kira Knightley. And Jeffrey Rush, Oscar winner. Anyway, yeah, she, um, the, uh, the lady that smacks him for the third time is like, Anna Maria. And she smacks him and Orlando Bloom's like, I bet you thought you didn't deserve that one, did you? And he's like, no, that one I deserved. That's, that's her. <laughs> You just brought her up to be able to do that, didn't you? I really did. Okay. Yeah. Anytime that I can work a Jack Sparrow uh, impression in, I'm really hoping that Disney hears this and goes, we got to sign that boy. 
Rise of my times. Uh, 45. Here's, here's one that shocked me. Alfred Molina's Dr. Ock is at 45. So I already like uh, Jackie Earl Haley's uh, Rorschach mm-hmm. better than that. And I would probably take Groot over that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm out on this list so far. Okay. Would you not put Doc Ock like more at the front of the list though? That's I, what I was saying. Yeah, I would actually take Jackie Earl Haley way up the list. Okay. So I. So you're already in contention with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. All right. That was 45. 44 was Harley Quinn by Margot Robbie. It's weird that she's above yeah. Melina. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, 43. Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique at 42. Andrew Garfield's Spider Man at 41. <laughs> Uh, another movie I revisited over the uh, 4th of July weekend was The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Why do you do this to yourself? I will see. Here's the thing. I've never fully watched it the whole way through before. Well, weren't you a happier person? Yeah, for the most part. But I had to know how it ended. Oh, gosh. And I watched it yesterday. I actually watched it yesterday on FX. And during the commercials, I was just able to be like to bring myself back down from the rage that was going on. And then it would work my way back up through the movie and then back down. Yeah. Next time that, that urge overtakes you, oh, it'll, me it'll first, never happen again. I'll, I'll just send you a picture of burning a uh, roadkill <laughs> and you'll be like, Oh, now I know how it ended. Yeah. Just send me that dumpster fire gif and we'll know. Uh, Alan Cummings Nightcrawler at 40. Okay. <laughs> who, yeah, who, who has this opinion? Anyway, go ahead. Right, I'm not for sure. Anyway, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman at 39. Uh, way too low, in my opinion. Aunt May, Rosemary Harris from the original Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. <laughs> He's a Jewish superhero. Deliver us from evil. <laughs> Finish it. <sighs> Number 37, Mr. Glass, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, baby. Well, get a little shine there for the M. Night. Jeez. Uh, 36, Hit Girl, Chloe Grace Moritz. Mm. Uh, Storm, Halle Berry, 35. Hellboy, 34, Ron Perlman. Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, 33. Seems low for Perlman. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so Scarlett Joe at uh, 33. Blade at 32. Hmm. He was pretty much perfect for Blade. Yeah. Okay. I would have put that top 15 in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Femke Jensen at 31 with Jean Grey. I think that's probably right around where she ought to be. Uh, Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman at 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, if that's yeah, Mr. Wayne, I won't be. Uh, I'm just going to do every impression that I know during the podcast today. 29, Hulk. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. 28, Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson. 27, Thor. Chris Hemsworth. 26, Terrence Stamps Zod. From way back in the day. Okay. Um, I forgot about this one. 25, Rogue. Anna Paquin. Uh, 24, The Crow. Brennan Lee, 23, James McAvoy's Professor X. Good night. 22, Christian Bale, Batman. Oh, my gosh. 22. Who made this list? I'm not sure. Actually, I'll go back to the top here in a second and find out. But anyway, 21, Peggy Carter, Haley Atwell. Okay, wrong. Right. 20, Alfred, Michael Caine. Just shouldn't be ahead of Christian Bale. Of course not. Okay. (laughs) Also, who shouldn't be ahead of Christian Bale? J. Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, 19. Great performance. Fantastic. But was playing a very one-note character. Right. Uh, Michael Fassbender's Magneto comes in at 18. Good character. 
X-23, played by Daphne Keene, at 17. Recency bias? Yeah. Um, which you'll also see close to the top. Wahlberg alert. Uh, 16, Loki, Tom Hiddleston. 15, Star-Lord, Chris Pratt. I'm getting warmer. Yeah. 14, Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds. 13, Steve Rogers, Chris Evans. Not a fan? Of Chris Evans? No, I think he's fantastic. I, I thought he... You're frustrated he's that low. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. But, I mean, like, the... The bell thing has thrown me all out of whack now. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like up is down and left is right. Yeah, we're in the upside down right now. Lois Lane, Margot Kidder. At oh, 12. my gosh. No. Yeah, oh, man. man. Yeah. Yeah, we've officially entered tragic shame mockery. Oh, just wait for number 10. Number 10 made me throw my phone. Okay, great. Cool. 11, Magneto, Ian McKellen. I mean, not a, not a bad performance. Again, I'm going to pull Chris Evans. I'm going to pull... Uh, Jackie Earl Haley up. I'm certainly going to pull Bale up. I think that it's top 15. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's 11, but I think it's top 15. Number 10. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I think I am. Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. In just Spider-Man or in the whole trilogy? Well, I mean, I, I guess that they're, I mean, you're going to base it on all three of them. If you took the first Spider-Man and left it alone from his work, I would be willing to sort of concede that he's higher up the list. But if you average him out, Particularly concerned the third one, that that sucker falls like a rock. Yeah, big time. Okay, yeah. I blame that on Raimi, but nonetheless, right? Yeah, it's um, mm. uh, number nine, Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer. It was a good performance. Number eight, Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman. Number seven, Jack Nicholson's Joker. Wow, what do these people expect? Yeah. Uh, okay. Six, Keaton's Batman. Okay. Number five, George Clooney's Batman. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I had a little fun. Uh, number five. Val Kilmer's Batman. <laughs> number five, Adam West Batman. Um, number five, Professor X by Patrick Stewart. Yeah, okay. Number four, Tony Stark. I know that that's a personal. Yeah, that's, that's personal. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. All right. Top so, three. Ledger. Ledger's one. Of them. None okay. Of them. So, okay. That's the one that's like, yeah, I'm waiting on. Right. Okay. Number three, Christopher Reeve, Superman. Uh, he gets a, he, I mean, I hate to say this. He just gets a death bump. He was the best Superman in cinema. Sure. But, um, yeah, that whole, if you go back and watch it, Hackman is hacky. Uh, he's Mark, a, he's a hack man. He is a hack man, buddy. You nailed it. Um, kid, Margot Kidder, uh, -huh. uh is an embarrassment. She's just terrible. And Reeve plays a really perfect Clark Kent. Right. But the awkwardness bleeds too much into Superman. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. Number two, the Joker, Heath Ledger. What did I go with for number one? I guess Jackman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's all kinds of out of whack. Yeah. Uh, now, they get, like, I think Jackman's iconic in that role. Sure. Uh, Ledger obviously needs to be up there. But they're all over the map after the uh, the top ten. Yeah. Who, who who we got on this? So let's see. Yeah, let's see who the authors are. I still can't believe Tobey Maguire got in the top ten. Yeah, like I understand that it it kind of changed the way that superhero movies were. Yes, but if you're going to do in context, yeah, uh, Adam West comes way up the list, right? Sure. And he's not even get a mention. Mm -hmm. um, so they're obviously not working from that methodology. Yeah, this was uh, written by Aaron Couch. Uh, Grammy McKillen, I apologize if I mispronounced uh, the first name. Don't apologize to them. They messed up this list. <laughs> and Patrick Shanley, all from uh, all from the Hollywood Reporter. 
Okay, we know three people in the world who are dead wrong. Yeah. And I, you got to feel like that because Hugh Jackman put out Logan that they put him in number one. I mean, granted, no one else has, has done a character that long for, for that amount of time. And he's spot on. He's great. The look and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, does any single performance of his rise to Ledger? No. Or Bales? No. Uh, and, and you have to average in, like, the Wolverine and stuff. Like, right. He, he has the same problem Toby Maguire has. There's mm-hmm. a few in there that are just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Derek, that, uh, we could do a better list than that. We should. Yeah. I think we might have to after that mess. Um, yeah, I just, I had to get your opinion on it because because once I saw it at first, I thought, okay, well, the top three are going to be like Downey, Ledger, and maybe, uh, I even thought like, uh, Jack or even Christopher Reeve because I know that mm-hmm. like Christopher Reeves is the, uh, he's the best Superman. Yeah. He yep. is. So, and he gets the post-death bump. Right. I mean, that's just how it works. Right. Okay. So does Ledger. I was about to say, do you, would you put Ledger in that same category? I think Ledger's death helps us appreciate that performance. Sure. I don't think it gives a lot of uh, additional shine the way that Reeves catches. Yeah. But I think it called attention to the performance in a way that we paid attention to it so that we would uh, we would appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, so, I tell you what, if you disagree with the Hollywood Reporter like we do, uh, give us a shout. Uh, Set fire to their offices. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, we're not condoning that. That's oh, not. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that I, is. I the, thought we were going somewhere else. This is the Mrs. Kermarmory, uh part of Kermarmory. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've, I don't care enough about that character to learn her name. All that matters is you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and after we're done with the podcast, these people know who I'm talking about. So anywho, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, tweet us or Facebook us or email us or something. Let us know uh, if you agree with that list, disagree with that list, or if you skipped the list. And if you did, then we won't do a list anymore on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's get 15 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> we came to hear about a movie, not about superheroes. This is Saw Something Scary. Um, I don't know why all of our listeners sound like that. No longer Saw Something Shoddy. No, that was just last week. One time only. One time. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know, man. There's been a couple of times we could have put that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the that's first, true. like, three episodes we could have named it. Saw, saw something shoddy. Anywho, uh, let's run to everyone's favorite part of the show. Hit it, my man. All right. Got a couple trailers I want to talk to you about. First being Atomic Blonde, an undercover M, uh, M16, MI6. MI6. Yeah, there it is. It's too late. I have not had enough sleep. Uh, an undercover, you know what? Let's just cut that. I'll go through. An undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Stars Charlize Theron, James McAvoy, uh, John Goodman, our friend Toby Jones mm. from tonight's movie. Truman Capote. And <laughs> there's only one Truman Capote. Rest in peace, Philip Seymour. And a bunch of guys who have V-necks in their headshots, and I don't know who they are. It's called Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. This sounds like an unreleased title that was going to be a sequel to Austin Powers. <laughs> it sounds to me, it sounds like a Frank Miller graphic novel. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that would work too. I have no, based on that description, I have no interest in ever laying eyes on that film. That's fair. That is fair. Um, Snap so, judgments, that's what we're here for. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Um... And then the the only other one that I have is Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> the Guns and Roses remake. Yeah, it's just it just follows Axl Rose around as he's trying to find cocaine. <laughs> Can we say that on the podcast? 
Uh, in a brand new Jumanji adventure, four high school kids discover an old video game console and are drawn into the game's jungle setting, literally becoming, <laughs> literally becoming the adult avatars they choose. What they discover is that you don't just play Jumanji, you must survive it. Mm. Confession time? To be, I'm not done with the synopsis. I'm sorry, I'll be over <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> To beat the game and return to the real world, they'll have to go on to the most dangerous adventure of their lives, discover what Alan Parrish, Robin Williams, left 20 years ago, and change the way they think about themselves, or they'll be stuck in the game forever. Didn't this movie already come out twice and be called Tron? How dare you be so accurate? <laughs> so here's the confession. Okay. This guy right here, yeah, who has two thumbs and never saw Jumanji. Spit take. Are you serious? Never saw it. Holy never smokes, saw man. Jumanji. That's insane. It is insane. Are you? You're a Robin Williams fan. Though, I'm a Robin you? Williams fan. Wow. Am I coming in hot? I sound like I'm coming in hot. You don't. You don't sound like it to me, and you don't look like it on the waveform of okay. the uh, recording here. All right, I just want to make sure. Uh, so you've never seen Jumanji? No, I never did. Wow. I think that movie must have came out right at that time where I was like, oh, no, kids' movies. I'm too cool. Okay, that does make sense. Yeah. It's like 96, 97. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I was a uh, sophomore, junior in high school. Probably too big for my britches. You should watch that with your children. Should I? I think terrifying. So. No. Okay. I'll do it, Derek. If yeah. they're scared, I'm blaming you. Of course, yeah. That's and Robin Williams. But I can't, I can't access him. <laughs> right. You're that's the fine. only one I can hold accountable. Yeah, just kick me. Kick me. That's no big deal. Uh, so the the main four in this movie are uh, stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So you know, that good. It's about time he did something. I know he's been looking for work for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised you even knew who that was. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. <laughs> he's Roman Reigns' cousin. He's oh, I'll walk out right now. <laughs> this this is this is time for movies. This is not time for wrestling. For wrestling. Uh, so uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and Karen Gillan are the main four in the movie. And You lost me at Kevin Hart. Really? Yeah, dude. I'm not a Kevin Hart fan. I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan either, but he and Dwayne are good together. Okay. Like, Central Intelligence is, is a guilty pleasure movie of mine. Okay, I also didn't see that one. Yeah, like, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but I, I, I have a lot of fun with it. Um, it also stars Missy Pyle and uh, Bobby Cannavale, or Cannavale. Reese Darby is in this movie. Nick Jonas is in this movie. Mm. So all sorts of people. And it comes out in Christmas. I believe it's actually competing with my beloved Anna Kendrick in Pitch Perfect 3. So, well, we've just hit a murderer's row of movies I'll never see. If uh, if the uh, Robin Williams Jumanji wasn't good enough for Jeff Wright's eyes, I don't think the Kevin Hart version is going to be. Man, that's disappointing. It looks really good. The trailer looks real fun. I was I was skeptical about it at first because... I thought that they were trying to remake the original. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, really? Ain't nobody looking for that. Yeah. And then uh, and then you hear stuff like, oh, it's going to be completely different. And there was a bunch of outrage about it. Like a, a good friend of mine, actually, she tweeted me. She tweeted me like the thing that said, this is completely different from the original. Was she wanting you to do something about she, it? Like, she was like, what the fuck is going on? Derek, take control. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, my connections to direct it's Dwayne Johnson in, in Hollywood. Um, and so, Fix this. Yeah. And so then I thought about it for a minute. I was like, actually, that seems like a pretty good thing. And then I saw the trailer for it, and it looks like a lot of fun. Okay. So, again, it might be one of those things where once your kids get a little bit older, you watch it with you sit down and watch it with them and have some fun. Yeah. Maybe that maybe I can convince them that Kevin Hart's their age. Yeah. I mean, he's their height. So Can't it would be make sense. Yeah. I probably shouldn't crap on Kevin Hart. Like, just not me either. I mean, particularly not with his height. Right. I mean, it's not like I'm uh, – 
six four. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, he's a comic. I'm a comic. So I'm a, like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be one of those things where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> know. <laughs> hey man, you want to open up for Kevin Hart one day? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, man, I heard about what you were saying on me. Hey, Christopher Hart, we know you're a big fan of the podcast. We're sorry. We just it's late and we got a little out of control. <laughs> um, Derek's still down to to open for you. <laughs> still down to clown. Every every negative comment you heard came from me, and I will never open from you for you <laughs> from you near you whatever. It's getting weird quick. All right. So that's Jeff H. Trailers. And Jeff and H. Kevin Hart. <laughs> Jeff H. Trailers, Kevin Hart, and both the movies that I, I talked about today. Let's break down. Also, Joy. Jeff H. Joy. Oh, like the, the movie with Jennifer Lawrence in it? No, the sensation that's created from watching Robin Williams do his thing. <laughs> any any hate tweets about Jennifer Lawrence directing Jeff Wright this week? I'm tired of getting them. Let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about 2007's The Mist. And let's talk about the worst ending ever. I need a Prozac. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing you can say in response to that movie. Right. Can I can I be like as upfront and transparent with you as possible? Yeah, man. This is a safe space. I it's just like, us and thousands of listeners. Right. I feel like the Marsha Gay Harden character, Mrs. Camaraderie. Uh, Carmody. Yeah. Mrs. Comedy. I like um, how it just becomes like a stroke. <laughs> Mrs. Camaraderie. <laughs> Hey, look, man, I get the first consonant and the Y out, and I think everything else is, I mean, it's like my last name. Are you from the Deep South? I think it's like my last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I think that the Marsha Gay Harden character, Mrs. Carmarjorie. You have to quit that. uh, I I think we may have grown up going to church with her. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true at all. I'm not going to say who I think that it's based off of. That's not true. It's not true. It's not true. Okay, that's true. As a as a uh, as a professing Christian, I just want to disavow any likeness to Miss Carmody that has ever been seen in a actual Christian church, unless it's called Westboro, <laughs> and that's not a church. So, yeah. so anyway, do you want to know the uh, the origins of Miss Carmarjory? Miss Carmarjory. <laughs> that's the best thing I've heard all night for some reason. All right, so let's 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 do this. We'll come back to the movie. Let's talk about the fact that you and I sat down and watched the first episode of the miniseries from right. Spike. All right, so talking about that, give me one word to describe your reaction to that first episode of The Mist. Too much. Forgettable. Yeah. My uh, original thought was, huh? Oh, you know, it's chicken salad. Um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like... Too much what? Just too much everything. Just information overload and not enough substance. Too much sizzle, not enough steak. I read somebody online call it an issue fest. Okay. Meaning that they want to cram in a, a ton of uh, simplistic social commentary. Okay. And that would be the too much for me. Yeah, that's true. Good call. I just got worn out by the message uh, of, the, of the show. So uh, I've actually watched the second one. Still, same same deal. Just there's nothing here to, to compel me to keep watching the story. Yeah. I told you while we were watching this movie, we were kind of talking about the series. And ultimately what I think has happened with the TV series is they have stretched Stephen King's short story just too far. Sure. It, it's a rubber band that has reached its breaking point. You can't keep uh, cramming more and more in, filling more and more time with it without eventually snapping. I think we've found the snapping point with the uh, the series. I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, I, I feel like that this two-hour movie pretty much encapsulates everything that you would want. From yeah. that short story. I've, I, and I'll be completely, again, transparent and say that I've never read the short story before. 
so I don't know anything about it. But I trust Frank Darabont with Stephen King stuff. Like I told you, you know, if I'm if I'm Stephen King, I wouldn't want anybody but Darabont to touch my stuff. I came off. What I came off. You said it one more time. Um, (laughs) Touch my material. That just sounds worse. I will edit this, but I'll probably save it for some. No, there's no reason to edit this at all. (laughs) We uh, we have a rating to maintain on iTunes. Frank Darabont, touch my material. I want that to be the name of the episode. Frank Darabont, <laughs> touch my material. Like material, touch for the very first time. <laughs> you can edit that if you want to. Um, yeah, if, I, if I'm Stephen King, like I want Frank Darabont to be um, either directing or writing or as a producer Your or something. cinematic to, interpreter. To, yeah, that would be a great. Like anything that's going to come on screen that's that I've written, I want Darabont to have his hands on it. Yeah, I think that's a safe move. Sure. You told me he did The Green Mile? Yes. Shawshank. Shawshank. And this one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a – he's batting pretty well with those. Yeah, he's, he's doing okay. And and he came up – he created The Walking Dead for t- for television for AMC. Well, we've seen his casting call tonight. Yeah. He went and cherry-picked everybody from this uh, cast. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he wanted uh, Rick. Is that the guy's name from The, from the Walking Dead? Sorry, guys. Coral. I don't want Coral. it. Coral. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about it. Coral. Hey, Coral. Coral. Where'd your eye go, Coral? Another problem with that guy, that casting, he's British. Yeah. Comes through. Can't do Southern. Yeah. Um, he wanted Tom Jane to play Rick. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think Andrew Lincoln's great. I, I did watch the first season of it. We're, we're getting off on a rabbit trail here, but I did watch the first season of Walking Dead. I thought it was good, but then they got stuck on the farm. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can go to the farm. Yeah. I live on the farm. So, uh, it was home, home, home court for me. Uh, but apparently Darabont has something to do with this uh, miniseries. He didn't have enough to do with it. Yeah. Or he's become some kind of social commentary hack who uh, needs to be quietly let offset. <clears throat> and I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. Wow. He did The Adventures of Indiana of Young Indiana Jones. You remember that TV show? I sure do. And I'm one of the last like diehard fans of that. I love that show. Yeah. He apparently was a writer on it, Frank Darabont. So anyway, um, yeah, I... I I would tell our viewers to, or our listeners to skip the miniseries. Yeah. So read the short story or yeah. listen to it. I think it was in uh, Skeleton Crew when okay. King first released it. Have you read it? Yeah, I've read it. Well, this We talked about this episodes ago, Okay, and it ended up not making the uh, final edition of the episode because I gave you a wrong answer. But oh. Yeah, I read it not way too long ago. Completely different ending. Yeah. Uh, not... Not a particularly bright and joyful ending, but compared to this, it's the ending of Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. King actually has gone on record as saying this is the ending he wishes he would have written for it. Oh, God. This is bleak. Yeah. I remember. So, I, I don't know how far we want to jump ahead. Do we need a Wahlberg? Let's just go in Wahlberg. Okay. Wahlberg, do your thing. What? No. Spoiler alert. Jeff hates trailers. First time I watched the ending of that movie... I, obviously, first time I watched the movie, I slid off the couch in depression. Uh, you and I were talking while we were watching it. We both had like sick pits in our stomach, yeah. just anticipating the ending coming. Yeah. yeah, it's um. So I'll be real honest with you. The first time I saw this movie, um, it was good, but it wasn't great. Uh, and I still feel that way now. It's memorable. Yeah, not a great movie, but memorable. I think it's too long. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a little you could probably cut 15 minutes of it. What yeah. would you cut? I don't know, but I know that there's probably 15 minutes worth of stuff to cut out of it. 
like things just drag on too long or you're, you know, you're in a, they're driving down that road for too long or you could cut one of those Marsha Gay Harden monologues or something. I mean, you know, there's, I didn't come with notes like, this is what I'd, you know, yeah, swipe yeah, yeah. away. But I just think that it's too long. And, and that was my original thought on it. Cause I was like, okay, this is a decent movie, but for the love of Pete, let's get this thing over with. And then that ending happens. And I was just like, I had to take a minute. Like very rarely do I, um, very rarely do I not see things coming in movies. You know mm-hmm. that because you, you've watched enough with me. And the first time I watched that movie, like I just, it, I got overwhelmed and like, I had to excuse myself in the room because it was just like, that's too much. <laughs> it's funny. You're, you're bringing memories back for me. So I watched that with my wife and I remember we watched it kind of late at night. We're like, well, as soon as this is over, we need to, need to get in bed because I guess the kids will be up or we had something to do. And we just laid in bed being like, Oh, that was terrible. Oh, I feel awful. Yeah. Oh, I'm heartbroken. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking for a movie that leaves a lasting impression on you, this is one of them. I just don't know if you want that impression to be a, you know, a knife cut straight to your heart. Yeah, man. It is, uh. Hey, so what's good about this movie? Okay. Um, it's, it's got great acting in it. Yeah. I think Thomas Jane does a really good job. Yeah. Tom Jane does great. Uh, again, we've mentioned her so, uh, I've mentioned her a few times now. Marsha Gay Harden has a phenomenal performance. She's I mean, the most hateable character I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, she she does great. Um, Andre Brower is really great as Brent Norton. Um, Toby Jones is my hero in this movie, and I no, he's not. Yeah, he your hero is. in this movie is that seventy year old woman. She, I mean, she she's a close number two. I want those two to run for president. <laughs> I kind of want to see those two get together at the end of it. <laughs> I don't want to see that, but I would uh, I would appreciate knowing that narratively. Yeah. I mean, Ollie. in the in the sense of like uh, Leah and Han, where she's like, "I love you," and then Ollie goes, "I know," and then gets eaten by the monster. Like that would have been. I mean, would that have been more depressing than the ending we got? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, William Sadler is in this movie. He plays William Sadler. Play. He plays Jim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jim is a is another really hateable character. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he. He's uh, you can't say country bumpkin because he's, I mean, he's in Maine, Maine, but he's a white. You want to say like white trash knows no geographical boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he also does a very good job being the sim the simpleton who kind of follows along the right with after the most uh, dominant personality that he's in the orbit of at any given moment. Uh, again, like you said, makes him hateable, but well done. I mean, he's there to make you hate him. He pulls the job. Yeah, I mean, he goes from how I was going to say it was he goes from like a uh, know it all, gutter Billy, cocky kind of person to oh, okay, I probably need to back up and and go with the flow on this. To I've seen some stuff. To now being proselytized to start cult. a cult, and uh, he actually and, becomes the enforcer for the, one of the enforcers for that cult. Yeah, the muscle, not the brains. No the muscle. He's Arn Anderson, um, and it's. He does a really good job of making you hate him and sympathize with him at the same time, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't feel a lot of sympathy, but I guess if you look at it from a, a cool distance, you see a guy who's just in circumstances beyond his kin. Yeah. And uh, kind of flopping around like a fish out of water. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Owen is in this. Chris Owen is mostly known uh, for, uh, gosh, Sherman in the American Pie movies. And uh, he was also in Ready to Rumble. Shout out, Big Al. Uh so yeah, I mean, and then like we said, the what like a third of the movie is with Walking Dead people. So this is clearly where Daremont, you know, got a lot of his people from. Is he enjoyed working with them on this, and so he said, "Hey, I got this cool little project that's about to come up. 
Yeah, and they all gave really good performances. Yeah, absolutely. So they all kind of earned their way into his affections. <clears throat> yeah, there's not a real, in my opinion, there's not a real weak link in this movie as far as acting goes. Everyone, yeah, everyone right. is well cast. Yeah, everyone's well cast. Everyone uh, does a really steady job. Um, you, um, every every character's fleshed out. You you either like the character or you empathize with the character or you hate the character. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of movies you don't get that. And so that was really good. Um, I thought the story was great. It's it's very creative. Um, obviously, I mean, you're coming from one of the greatest storytellers of our generation, Stephen King. So it's it's obviously going to be good. And then. You know, Frank Darabont, it's all the Stephen King stuff. Magic usually happens. Yeah, he's so. the best interpreter. Yeah. You know, one thing that was interesting, we talked about um, the CGI just does not hold up. No, it is. It is garbage. I don't, I've not went through Stephen King's IMDb, but it seems like, at least in the movies of his that I have seen, I have seen more made-for-TV adaptations than I have made-for-box-office. Sure. This one feels like a box-office release of a made-for-TV um, movie because the CGI looks a little choppy. They're, they're distinct, like fade to black scenes where you're like, Oh, that's where they would either cut it for the next night or that's where they would cut it for a commercial break. And yet this, as far as I can tell, was never intended to be released to, uh, you know, home viewers. It was always a major motion picture release. It still has those, uh, Langoliers or Rose Red, uh, kind of aesthetic feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, looking at some trivia from the movie, I thought this was pretty cool. Um, said that Frank Darabont, dang it, where'd it go? Uh, says Frank Darabont agreed to make the film with Dimension only under the condition that no matter what, they wouldn't change the scripted ending. Oh. And, and obviously they agreed. So, I mean, he, he knew where he was going with this long before. Yeah. And just to reemphasize the point, if he was wanting a movie that people will remember, he got what he was looking for. Yeah. I don't know that this is a movie that people will love unless you're really nihilistic or cynical, but uh, it will hang with you as a viewer. Yeah. Which, again, testimony to the strength of the uh, performances because you care enough about the characters to hate the ending. Right. Or I say hate the ending, to feel the ending deeply. Yeah. I mean, just to have it gut you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, anything that you, besides the CGI, anything that you thought needed improvement or that could have been better? At some point, I didn't buy the Mrs. Carmody character's escalation. Who now? <laughs> Carmody. Okay. Mrs. Carmody? Mm-hmm. Okay. She obviously has to escalate up to the point of cult leader status. Yeah. But I'm imagining if we were trapped in a small grocery store with her for the prolonged period of time that these people were, someone would have taken physical action against her, uh, if not violence, at least some kind of restraint, before she's allowed to spiral out into what she eventually becomes. Yeah. You and I talked about it. Um, it's it's aching in a in a very uh, lambastic way to the Jack Black situation in Tropic Thunder, where he's trying to come off of heroin, and he's like, "Just tie me to this tree and, and don't don't let me out, no matter what." And you would imagine that you know, even uh, uh, Ollie Toby Jones' character says, "You know, I'll duct tape your mouth. Well, just do it." Yes, that would have been the instinct of everyone there. As Absolutely. soon as he said the word, someone would have been like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and do that." Yeah. Somebody would have put it into action. Yeah. Um, but we did get that sweet scene of the old lady chucking a can of green beans upside her head. I mean, who throws a can of green beans? The the hero that we all need. She's the hero we deserve. Maybe not deserve, but definitely need. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah anything else that you that stood out to you or that you thought was just if you get the uh, if you get the itch to check out the the miniseries, I hate to kill them from a distance sure. here, but don't. 
just watch this movie, you know, in 45 minute blocks. Yeah. And tell yourself you watched a miniseries and you'll be much better off for it. You'll at least have seen something that will, will prompt a reaction from you. Sure. Whereas I think what's going on on Spike TV right now, it's just like, uh, it, it's the, it's the television version of a yawn. Okay. Well said. Um, I was excited about the miniseries because I thought that it was going to kind of expound on this story in particular. And then what we saw was nothing like the movie. And I think that's what kind of killed my interest in it. Well, they're doing some beats, right? So there's a group, minor spoilers. There's a, there's a group who's caught in a mall, but they're, they're caught in a mall that has a grocery store in it, basically, or a pharmacy. Remember? So they're, they're staying kind of close there, but then they've added these other locations. So there's different groups of people trying to navigate through the mist. Again, they just stretch the, the short story too far. Sure. Yeah. That's just how it is. You, you can only milk the cow for so long. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that if it were a six-episode miniseries or even an eight-episode miniseries that it would be better than ten? Or do you think that it's still at that stretching point of no return? If I had been tasked with creating this miniseries, I would have just come to uh, the original material and looked to adapt it in a faithful yet new way. You know, I would have uh, I would have tried to put a new spin on what people have already kind of seen before rather than trying to shoehorn in new narrative elements. The strength of that story is Stephen King's writing. Right. The more you try to cram in more uh, storylines, the farther you get away from Stephen King telling stories, which is the appeal of the thing anyway. Sure. So I would have just tried to tell the story again in a way that people, you know, 10 years later would find fresh. Yeah, it's fair. So, I mean, something like what they've done with it. Yeah. They're, they're not... Uh, radically adjusting it. I think they're taking more material, but they're taking more material from the book. So they're staying close to Stephen King again. I would have tried to do something along that roadmap. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, do you, are you, uh, are you less excited about it now that you know that uh, Frank Darabont doesn't have his hand on it? No, I could not be more excited for it. And I don't know what kind of news it would take to like dampen my, my glow for that movie. Yeah. But it would take something catastrophic. Are you going to find something catastrophic on your phone? No, not at all. Um, I'm actually going to try to find where they can get that Stephen King short story for the mist. So that way, if they want to check it out, check it out. I know they did publish it independently as its own like short novel. It's the first published is the first and longest story of the horror anthology, Dark Forces in 1980. Oh, Dark Forces. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel the same way about it. Um, nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna really change my opinion on it. Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I wanted to bring this up real quick. If you are interested in reading the novella, you can find it in a couple different things of Stephen King's. The first one is from a horror anthology known as Dark Forces that came out in 1980, and then there's also a slightly edited version uh, that was included in King's collection called The Skeleton Crew, which came out in 1985. That's the version I saw it in. Yeah. So um, to coincide with the theatrical release of the film uh, back in 07, it was published as a standalone paperback book. So you might even be able to find it like that. I'm not real sure if you can find it on. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or, uh, you know, anything like that. Or if you're in the Tennessee area, you can probably find it at McKay's. Shout out to McKay's. Just go to McKay's and look for stuff. Yeah. You can thank us later. Yeah. You'll, <laughs> you'll spend, you'll spend $50 and you'll, and you'll get 7,000 books. Thanks, McKay's. And, and you'll lose an entire day. Yeah. It's like, it's like being abducted by aliens in the best possible way. That's very true. 
can that be their slogan? Can we write to them and say, hey, McKay's, you need to put this as your slogan from now on? I'll, I'll, I'll give them that for free. Yeah. Okay. Just great. donate it out of love. Okay. You just get $100 in credit from McKay's. Which would be enough to like buy stock in the company based on their pricing structure. And dude, McKay's credit is the best gift in the world. It is incredible. Somebody gave me, this is way off topic, but we need to fill time. Uh, somebody gave me uh, $125 store credit to McKay's. Uh, for my birthday, like three years ago, I still have stuff left over. Oh, yeah. And it's the gift that keeps on giving because if you decide, hey, I, I'm done with this thing, go back and get more store credit. That's why I have more store credit. Yeah, yeah. It's because I'm like, hey, here's this. Awesome. Okay, done with it. Taking it back. Store so, credit. Y'all can have it for the third time. Yeah. So thanks, McKay's. You're the best. You're uh, the best. Definitely go check the, the novella out. I'm I'm going to read it now. Uh, it'll be right behind it because I now have it and I'm going to read it. Just see how many times we can put that word in there. You're in for a long treat. Yeah, but I'm excited about it. I, it is my favorite Stephen King novel. Um, but there's a scene at the end of the book that you and I really have to talk about. I don't know if we can even talk about it on air. Yeah. But it's the most confusing thing I've ever read in Stephen King as well. Hot dog. Can't wait for that. That's going to be exciting. You will, you will, your eyes will bulge out of your skull while you're reading it. Not to oversell it, but you just read and go, how did this happen? How did he get away with this? Why in the world would he want to include this? Anybody who's anybody listening who's read it knows instantly what I'm talking about. And why is he wearing a dress? And why did it happen at a church? Yeah, none of that. That's a, that's an Arkham City quote uh, from Batman. Just throwing it. Throwing so all readers, of it there. So listeners, rather, you just know me and Derek can get back on here. We're going to make vague references to something really shocking in the book of it that our, uh, our podcast rating may not allow us to actually talk about it. <laughs> We're going to have a Mark Wahlberg inside joke alert. But you can tweet us. You can uh, talk to us on Reddit. You can talk to us anywhere that you can access us uh, about this subject because there are no ratings on Twitter conversations. You can talk to Jeff on Reddit because I never go on there. Nah, Derek. But this is why. This is why the Reddit doesn't thrive. I don't think so. Need a little bit of that Derek fertilizer. Oh, a little of that Derek dust on there. A little Derek dust. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I'll have to get an account. Mm. That sounds like an old man. What, what, what are you doing? What the did the Reddit? Did the Reddit? Uh, the Reddits? All right, man. Uh, scale of uh, one to ten, where would you put this at? I put this on about a six. Okay. I was going to say six and a half, so I think yeah. we're right there. Saw something scary? Sure. Definitely. I mean, if nothing else, heart-wrenching. Sure, and I remember watching it initially. Some of those creatures in the mist stuff, pretty pretty chilling. Yeah, you know, at one point they basically encounter the Cthulhu monster. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just, uh, you know, as somebody who just complained about the CGI, I thought it was awe inspiring at the time. So uh, yeah, I saw something scary for sure. Definitely, cool man. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Scary Podcast. You can find us on Reddit at forward slash r forward slash saw something scary. Jeff Wright, where can they find you on Twitter? At Wright Jeff. You can find me at Derek Zoo. I uh, want to let you guys know, July, that's the month we're in right now, July 27th, I'll be in Nashville, Tennessee at the Belcourt Taps. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And also, there's what are a Belcourt Taps. Ah, oh, man, it's just a place. Not just a place, but Boy, a Boy, that was a not just a Not just a place, but a state of mind. Right. Um, it is. Give me just, give me just one second. Do taps take place there? Yeah, I'm actually going to play taps. Did the Belcourt people tap while they were there? I'm actually going to tap and play taps. and then The Belcourt taps. At the Belcourt taps. Yeah, so it's um, 
You know, I, I legitimately legitimately don't know, but it's it's at Belcourt. I'll try to call this for the record. That's probably good. Let me try to find out what it is. I think it's a restaurant, possibly like a, a music club. How do you go to the taps? It's a bar. It sounds like something you would catch. Man, I got the Belcourt taps. Oh, man. I hooked up with this chick last night. I got the Belcourt taps. Um, yeah, apparently it's like this high-end bar in Nashville. Okay. So now we know. Now we know. Silence. All right. So this is fun. This is fun. Let's, uh, I'll just, I'll redo that. Um, hey, on July 27th, you can catch me in Nashville, Tennessee at the Belcourt taps. Uh, it's called Comedy on Tap. There's going to be 10 comics, and I'll be the uh, Joker closing out the show. So that'll be a lot of fun. And also, there's a small chance if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area next weekend, you'll see me at the Comedy Caravan. So going out from Comedy Caravan, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, even if I'm not there, Spanky Brown's there next weekend, and he is hilarious. So go check him out, even if I'm not there. And then make plans to drive the two and a half hours to Nashville to see me on July 27th. I think that's all we got, man. What are we doing next week, Joe, right? Derek, we've we've had kind of a rough run here. Um, you had a good idea tonight that I'm not going to spoil for our listeners, but have you? Is, is it time to do Event Horizon? Uh, I mean, yeah, we can. Have you seen Event Horizon? Yeah, not a fan. Not really. Oh, Derek, are you sure you've seen it? Yeah, it's really good. It's got Pierce Brosnan in it, right? Uh, yes, except absolutely. <laughs> He's in a volcano, right? Yes, that's the horizon. That's what I thought. Samuel L. Jackson in it. He's in everything. Exactly. He's so, not in that movie, actually. No, I know. But yeah, I have seen it. And it's, uh, but yeah, we'll watch it. <laughs> oh, don't get too enthusiastic, too, man. <laughs> hey, guys, don't worry about it. Next week, we're going to watch Event uh, Horizon. <laughs> Is that what you want? Yes, that's exactly what I want. Thank you. Uh, all right, so here's what we'll do then. Until I can convince you to uh, reevaluate Event Horizon, this going to be a placeholder. I just said we could. <laughs> That'll be a placeholder until. Uh, Something better comes along, or you get on board with what good movies are. Uh, how dare you, sir? Uh, I think I know a good movie when I see one. You remember? We watched Batman and Robin last week. Yeah, I remember that. I, I came to a slightly different conclusion about what that means than you did. Just slightly. All right, so next we're going to watch Event Horizon, and uh, Jeff's going to tie me to a chair and keep my eyes open like Clockwork Orange till I <laughs> agree that it's... Love it! <laughs> Love it now! I agree. It's the greatest movie of all time. That's right. And I also can't do violence to anybody anymore. <laughs> it's going to be a weird week. Uh, we're glad that you guys are with us. Uh, so, yeah, until next week, Event Horizon, Jeff Wright, Derek Zoo. We'll see you guys next week. Bye bye, man. <laughs> <laughs>